Hey everyone, welcome. It's Aquarium Central podcast here, where it's aquarium time all the time. My name's Andrew. I run Guppy Central online store uh, across Ireland, ship next day. And my co-host is Dylan Murphy. He runs a Facebook or Instagram page with over 25,000 followers, sharing content from other content creators and inspiring people daily. And it's called Daily Aquariums. Welcome back. It's Aquarium Central here. My name's Andrew. This is Dylan. Today we're going to be discussing breeding on feathers, guppies, corys, and shrimp. So we're probably going to start off with guppies since I'm a guppy man and whatnot. Uh, That's too complicated there. I'll try my best uh, not to complicate it too much. But if you want to breed show quality guppies, this is what I would do if I was starting again and I had the information I have now rather than the information I had. And so I would probably set up a two strains and I would do seven tanks. Uh, and I would seven do, tanks each or for? No, seven tanks total for the two strains. So I would do uh, two 100 liters for the juveniles. 260 litres for the fry and 240 litres for the parents with one 10 litre for any pregnant female that's about to give birth. And um, yeah, I would split the fry from into male and female so that the 260s would have all males in one tank and all females in the other. And then once they're big enough and, you know, the smaller fish are being outcompeted, I would move them into the juvenile tanks uh, into two 100 litre tanks and the equipment would be two sponge filters in the 40s and 60 litres to allow for sufficient oxygen levels because if the water is stagnant at the top now there's not enough um, oxygen getting into the water and guppies need that extra oxygen and if it's shared among like 30 different fish you need a sufficient oxygen uh, four sponge filters in the 100 liter and um, yeah i would include lava rock to increase your anaerobic bacteria which helps break down waste and stuff like that uh, and i would add some botanicals because they reduce stress and reduce the bacterial outbreaks I would use live food by baby brine shrimp. I would feed three times a day. Uh, and a high quality dry food when you're not feeding live. I would have the water at 28 degrees. Uh, water changes two times a week, uh, 30% each time. And yeah, that would be my setup for, for show guppies. If you want to get the best quality and you want to get the best size. Um, what size did you sell them at? Uh, just past juvenile, so they're just about to grow into full adults, and that's usually when I sell them. Do you think the tank size, the, you, you mentioned all the different sizes of tanks for the different stages of growth. Yeah. Do you think it actually matters what size the tank is? Oh, 100%. Yeah, I do. Uh, the reason I would say that is if it's in, if there's not enough, um, first of all, the bigger the space, the bigger the tank, um, the more stable the water conditions are because the, it's diluted 
over 100 liters rather than 20 liters uh, and so you're less likely like less likely to have crashes like bacterial crashes uh, where your ammonia spikes up and all that kind of crap and uh, the more oxygen that's going to be in the tank, especially when it's spread over 30 bodies or 60 bodies, rather than if you had 60 bodies in a 20 liter or 60 bodies in a 40 liter, there's going to be less oxygen for them to, you know, basically build build their bodies up. So yeah. Do you have any additives to the water? Uh, the only additives would be the botanicals. So something that's going to release tannins into the water uh, to reduce stress and to fight off bacterial infections because that's probably one of the most the most likely uh, problems you'll face is with you know high quality protein foods it fails the water quickly and can destabilize water parameters and so um, it may not come up on your water tests that you have any problems but there's obviously other other bacteria that are not bacteria but like what do you call i don't know what you would call what do you call ammonia like what it, chemicals yeah so let's say chemicals there's other chemicals in the water that will cause bacterial outbreaks even if uh, even if your ammonia levels are fine, your nitrite levels are fine, and your nitrate levels are fine, there's other things in the water. I'm not sure what they are, but you will get bacterial outbreaks if you overfeed, uh, and that's coming from experience. Uh, so you do want to reduce the stress on the animals, and you do want to reduce the possibility of outbreaks of bacterial problems, and uh, botanicals would be the best option for that um so that'll be the only additives really that i would put in and um, calcium to the water uh i don't know of anyone adding calcium to the water but maybe that helps i don't know i've heard of that before people adding calcium to the grower tanks to help uh, bone development and that kind of thing interesting and yeah people are saying that uh, if you have snails in your tank like a lot of snails, mm. and then you're wondering why your fry aren't growing. It's because they're competing with the snails for the calcium in their shells and everything. Interesting. Yeah. I think you can get calcium from the botanicals as well, from certain ones. It depends on which one it is. I think I've seen that on your website, actually, on one of the descriptions. Uh, for the, in the botanical section? Yeah. Yeah. I think there are some that release calcium into the water. So, that is possibility uh do you have any other queries before we move on i think uh, a couple of reading to be straightforward but do you keep your your males and your females separate yeah uh, the do, you, do you like selectively breed them and uh, which ones you want to yeah to over the long, yeah over the long term that's what what you do and the reason you separate male and female is so that they focus on eating and growing and looking for food rather than the males chasing the females and using up energy doing that rather than looking for food and stuff like that. Yeah, because if you notice in the guppy tank, the males, huh? the males are just constantly chasing the females. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if they're spending all their time chasing females, they're, they're not 
spending time looking for food and they're not, you know, sort of resting in a way. They're just constantly on the go because uh, there's females around. So, yeah. So, would you add, uh, say, one male to three females or how would you do it? And yeah, I would probably have, you know, maybe four or five uh, females and then two or three males uh, and then just start breeding from there. Because if you know, if you have five females, you'd be able to rotate them out and build up quite a large stock of fry pretty quick. So, yeah. How do you get them to breed through? By continually inbreeding them. So if you have. Continually what, sir? What? By continually what? By continually inbreeding. Ah. So you would want to breed, if you have, let's say, you've full red albinos. You'll want an, a, a full red albino male and a full red albino female. And if they continually breed with each other, they're, they're going to continue to produce full red albinos. And that's why you have all those different strains is because they've been continually inbred for a long period of time. And that's how you get those specific strains that come out. But how could you do that and prevent uh, deformities? Uh you just get rid of the deformed fish. Just by calling? Yeah. Yeah. Get rid of them. And it does happen. So, you know, sometimes you do get, sometimes you do get a funny one and you've just got to get rid of him, you know? A lot of the guppies I have in my uh, big community tank here. Yeah. I've had them for generations and generations. You know, some of them that I'd be having just like crooked spines and everything and just, yeah, just not healthy fish anymore after they've just been going, the line's been going on for so long without any new blood being added in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that does happen. Uh, well, the best way to fix that is to find another breeder who has the same strain. Uh, and by mixing them together, you increase the gene pool and then you start again in breeding. So, say you had a strain of guppies. Yeah. And then you by adding some new, some new, some new guppies in from a different breeder. Yeah. Could that just ruin your whole line that you've been working on? And not if they're the same strain. So the, let's say he has full red albinos and he got them from Indonesia. And I have full red albinos and I got them from Thailand. They've been bred in different gene pools. And so it means that you're increasing the likelihood of them being healthy. Uh, but remaining, but, but keeping... The good traits. Keeping the 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 key identifiers of the strain, and yeah, that's how you would how you would fix that problem. But it like it takes like fifty generations before you start having problems. Yeah. So it does take a while. It does take a while. What other fish have you bred? Uh, well, I tried to breed betas. Yeah, it didn't go well for me. It just never worked. Because uh, I just wanted to breed specific ones, just like I like to breed specific guppies. I wanted yeah. to breed specific bettas. And every time I got, like, two different, two two of the same, like, pure white or pure gold or whatever, it just never worked. It just wouldn't breed. And I was just like, oh, I can't do this. I'm wasting too much money on them. Uh and they're not returning it, and so I was like, right, we'll just move to a different species altogether, and we'll go with it. 
guppies and, and the guppies have been uh, a joy. They're very easy to look after. So You started off by betas before you did any guppies at all? Yeah, I started with betas first. You did it backwards then? Yeah, yeah. Most, most people start off with guppies and then they embrace the industry because this is great. And they start researching other fish, but you did the complete opposite way around. Yeah, yeah. No, I loved uh, I love betas. I think they've got, you know, they've got great character, as as Brendan Rogers would say. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So, yeah, I was better man first, and then it just wasn't working out for me, so I was just like, fuck this, or you can beat that or duck that or something. But I, <laughs> you know, we're going to move on and try and find something that's a lot easier. Uh because I've done, I've done a lot of research about um, betta fish breeding, and it does, it does seem so easy. It does when Obviously you look it's at not, but yeah, when you look at the videos, it looks lovely. But uh, it, it yeah, just, I think it's just a matter of like simply adding the female to the male's tank, and the male just builds his bubble nest and everything, and takes care of it from there. Yeah, I uh, well, you've got to the condition of them, you see. Yeah. Beforehand, you gotta give them blood worms for like two or three weeks, uh, and have them flaring at each other, you know, periodically. The thing that cut me off it the most was um, the amount of tank space you need, because obviously when you bring up the fry, once the yeah. nail starts to grow up, they, they start to come aggressive to each other. Yeah, you have to start putting them in jars, like. Yeah, and I I didn't I just didn't have the facilities for that. No, yeah, and it's expensive to put them in jars, so. Unless you're unless you're heating your a room or something. Yeah. Well, so. I I have mine sort of stuck to the tank, my jars. Oh, so you I keep just, them? You keep them in the tank? Yeah, yeah. I just put holes in the jars, and then the water goes through them. Like. Yeah, that that would be, would be handy. So you know, yeah, so you find like seven or eight on that large tank you have. You could probably fit seven or eight on that. Yeah, but it depends on if you have too many fry, then you don't know what to do with them all. Yeah, that's the thing as well. And then how do you shift them? Because I know myself, if I if I did it, I have I just have too many of them, and I'd have too many produced, and I wouldn't be able to get rid of them. Yeah, you'd be ringing me up, going, "Hey, will you just take a few?" And I'd be like, "I, I can't." <laughs> Marcus <laughs> haven't sold yet. <laughs> yeah, you'd be cutting, you'd be cutting uh, your your profits. Because uh, I knew rightly that I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to sell them. Because there's there's no there's no demand for them over around here, like, and I know the shops wouldn't take them. Because one time when I had just had like a million guppies, I rang the local pet shop and asked for the manager and all. Yeah. Like, yeah, speaking and I asked them, because you know you see people like breeding their fish and then selling them to the local fish shop or whatever, right? Yeah. And I asked them and they were just like, oh, we can't, because they only have like, oh, I'd say, eight or ten tanks. Yeah. And they're only small, and they said to me, "Oh, we can't be taking in any fish because we don't know what 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 it's in anyone else's water." And yeah. I'm just looking at them like, "Your water is the most disgusting thing I've ever seen, and you're not taking mine." Like, <laughs> not because I'm like that, but um, yeah, because they just wouldn't take them. Yeah, uh, most most places don't really like even like like the seahorse up the road. They would they would prefer to buy them in cheaper than give you credit like they're losing money when they buy off you though yeah like they're probably getting their fish in for like 10 cent each or something yeah. you know and uh and then you're coming in looking for a euro store credit like they just be better off just buying them themselves you know 
that's unfortunate, you know. But uh, that's just from a money perspective. If you're looking from yeah. a quality perspective, it's better to buy from a breeder than it is to local waters, yeah. Well, it's local waters, so they're more adjusted to your water, but also they're going to be healthier uh, and more likely uh, stronger than the guppies that you're going to get in a pet shop. Less transportation too. Yeah. They're not travelling halfway across the world to get here. This can definitely take its toll on it, I should say. Yeah, it definitely can. Definitely can. Yeah. Some fish don't make it. Like I had like four or five betters that didn't make it in the last shipment. That's just pure losing that, money. But... Yeah, like that's that's you know, I shouldn't be giving away my costs and <laughs> what am I what? <laughs> <laughs> Really stepping on me too, but yeah, it it is money. Like it's money at the end of the day. It's crap, but it's the way it goes. Yeah, you can't you can't blame anyone for it because obviously when you're getting them in, you're getting them in from and you're importing them. Yeah, it's obviously some. I can just have one that far. Where do you, you get them from? Um, Thailand. Thailand. Yeah. I was expect every fish to make it. Yeah, I was getting them from. Uh, Europe, but uh, uh, the quality was nowhere near as good as, as the Thailand ones. Them, so. them Thailand farms are insane, though. Yeah. The amount of betas they have just sitting in the jars and then the plant goes in more jars. And yeah, have you seen those crazy. ones where they, they've just got rows and rows of jars and like, can, like oh, stand it's crazy. But I can just stand on them. It's just bizarre. Well, you'd wonder how they do all them, how, how they feed every single one of them fish and how they maintain the water in them all. Yeah, it is yeah, interesting. Exactly. Yeah, but I mean, if you've got nothing else to be doing, I suppose. I suppose it's a bit your full-time job, like, but... Yeah, I reckon it's a, it's a rough job. It wouldn't be easy anyway, so it wouldn't. <laughs> no, definitely not. Some of them, like, just live in bags. Like, they just hang them up on in bags. Yeah, but they sell them ones in the market too, don't they? Yeah. yeah. It is interesting. I've never seen any farms in um, in Europe or anywhere close to here. I haven't seen any better farms close to here. No. I think it's probably just because of the costs related to breeding them. Yeah, but the climate over there looks a bit more as well. The climate over in Thailand definitely suits. They're yeah. just keeping them in a, a wee tin shed and stacking yeah. them all up in jars and it's just working for them. Yeah, and they don't need a heater and don't really need a filter. They just change the water from the river or whatever you know do you know how they breed them over there yeah they would have like they do it different to the way we do it um like they would have like a basin yeah and they would cover it up so it's completely dark in there uh and they would just leave them in there and then come back like a day or two later to have a look at and see if they bred or not Whereas here, like, there's, like, a lot more, um, I suppose, thought and care, I suppose, would be the word. Would they just take two random betas that they think would produce good fry and from yeah. the tub? Yeah, that's pretty much it, yeah. They put tannins in the water, and they put a leaf over a certain section, and then they cover up the basin, like, the top of the basin, so they don't get distracted uh, by, you know, people walking by and things like that. Have you ever watched um, Dexter's World? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've watched all his stuff. 
He's a very good channel series, especially with uh, Goldfish and Betters and all. Yeah, yeah. No, he's really good. He's got good guppies. He's got good Betters and stuff like that. And uh, he likes to help out his local. So it's nice. Yeah. Uh, it's nice to see a different part of the world, you know. It's crazy to think about it, though. The way in his videos, the key is what he's looking here. He's 915,000 subscribers. Yeah, it's a lot. And it's all just um, uh, fish breeding. But I was watching some of the videos before where he go to like local farms around him, and he's like buy all their stock to support them and everything. Yeah. And it's just it's just crazy how they do it. Just in ponds, like they're breeding the goldfish in ponds, breeding the guppies in just shallow wee containers. Yeah, they've got like what they like they're, they're big containers, like they're. Oh, they're massive for them. Like, like 200 liter, 300 liter. They're kind of like ponds, but they're shallow. They're, 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 like, just, wooden, they're just wooden boxes with a tarp in them. Yeah, yeah. Real basic. Feeding brine shrimp every day. Yeah. Do you ever watch this video about feeding eggs? Uh, no. He has a video about how to feed egg yolk to fry. Oh, I think like, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, you just hard boil the egg and then... Mm-hmm. Just crush it all up to the fried cage, but you'd have to remove it the next day straight away so you would before it comes toxic. Yeah. And it looks like a lot of work, to be fair, but Yeah. I would just go with the baby brine. I've never had baby brine before, so I haven't. Have you not? Never. I've been meaning to do it for years, but I just never bought the eggs. Yeah. Like it is work like if you're doing nothing, right? If you're doing nothing else but like looking after your fish, it's easy, you know. But uh, yeah. Your running things is more difficult. Like I've I've pretty much stopped breeding because I I just don't have the space and the time to get it right. Yeah, as you said, you need seven tanks. Just for two strains, like yeah, if you want to do it right, uh, and just there's not enough there's not enough room because I need to hold fish as well. So yeah. I've kind of stopped and I'm just sort of relying on breeders and wholesale. What do you make of the, um, like the colony guppy tanks? Are you just literally just taking out the coals and then letting them work away? Uh, yeah, I mean, you can get some interesting uh, strains, uh, in- interesting colours and that kind of thing, but it'd be, diff- it'd be difficult to, get, to keep the consistency uh, when... Unless you're just constantly colouring. Huh? Unless you're just constantly colouring them. Yeah. And you end up getting random strains. Pushed into your pure stream. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't have much experience in breeding myself, so I wouldn't though. Yeah, well. I've never gone out of my way to actually uh, try breed fish. Like, I've always I've always uh, looked at it and I'd be trying to uh, find or research fish that I could get, but then I'd never get around to it or. Yeah. That kind of way. Like, obviously, guppies have guppies in my tank and they just go crazy. Yeah. Like, the corridors. I got them with the intention yeah. of breeding them eventually, but then I never yeah. actually tried because they say if you're trying to breed corridors, you're supposed to do a 75% water change with colder water to like stimulate the rain season or whatever, so they, they mm-hmm. all lay all their eggs. Yeah. But I just I just never bothered, and then they spawned by themselves then for this, and they've been spawning out regularly ever since. Yeah, that's, that's strange. But then I noticed when I added extra filtration into the tank, like sometimes, um, if I wanted to cycle a filter, I would just add it into the tank for yeah. a new one. And then as soon as I add an extra bit of air, that's when I'd notice it did start breeding. Interesting. Maybe, maybe it is just uh, maybe it's an extra oxygen in the water, or extra food. Yeah. yeah, I think it must be the extra oxygen or something. 
I've only hatched them once out of all the times they bred. And so I had them all set up in the container. And then I had to go back to college. So they hatched when yeah. I was in Galway. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was raising them, but they're still alive. And then I was trying to get in food. Yeah. I didn't buy brain shrimp, but I was looking to get microworms and everything. And then they got held in the post for that long. And the fish just had no food, so they were eating tiny crushed up flakes. Yeah. There's only only one of them made it in the end. Only one. Only one out of the, I think it was uh, 15 out of them, I think. Mm. And I just never tried to, never tried again since. Yeah, you you lose motivation, do you? Uh, no, not really. I just. It's not bothered. I wasn't bothered because like just a pure <laughs> effort of raising them and trying to get the food and all sorted. But then I ordered. The worms that I had ordered came in eventually that instead of so now I have a culture of microworms and I have a culture of vinegar eels and they're yeah. still here now. So once so I get all, once I get them them colonies established properly, that's not just all in the one jar like Yeah. If one of them crashes and I'll I'll not be too bothered about it. But I'm looking to start raising them again then after that because I'm done properly and I must get in some brown shrimp because it realistically all I need is an aquarium south and the brown shrimp eggs. Yeah. I've just never got around to buying them. No. Well, you've all you've all the time in the world with this COVID thing, so yeah. Back on, back on. Tank space is a big one too. Yeah, yeah, it's difficult when you're limited with with tank space. And then I had got the new tank and got it all set up, and I just planned for breeding it, and the fucking thing leaked on me, so. Yeah. That was a disaster. And uh, will you be getting like some sort of silicone to reseal it? Yeah. We're going to reseal it so they have it. Hmm. And I planned on breeding a bit of it. I just had no luck there. No. First thing, fucking, the male jumped out of me. I was lucky enough to catch him and put him back in. Yeah. And then the female died, so. Yeah. Some shit luck, I tell you. Oh, don't talk about luck. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's luck. Murphy's law. It's luck of the draw. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, we're gonna go through the next section, which is better breeding. So before you start putting them in the tank together, you should feed them bloodworms for two to three weeks, uh, and make them flare at each other periodically, maybe twice a day, uh, so they see each other and get to know each other. Uh, and then you want a small 20 litre tank, you want to lower the water level to a third or a quarter uh, and add tannins to the water to stimulate spawning and add a styrofoam piece or bubble wrap to the side of the tank so that the male can create a nest underneath it uh, and then you add the male, then you have a female in the container beside it, either in a breeding box or a, uh, you cut a plastic bottle in half and you place the, pla- the plastic bottle uh, straight up into the water and then you pop the female in and then she just sort of watches and build it uh, and he flares at her and you do you let them do that for 24 to 48 hours then you release the female uh, and then fingers crossed they decide to spawn uh, and if they do then you take the female out you leave the male to look after the eggs uh, to make sure that they don't fall out of the bubble nest. And then once they're free swimming, you take the male out and you're done. 
It's not it's cousin. Would be that would what would the first food you'd feed them be? Uh yeah, I would probably go with vinegar ale myself. Yeah, that's supposed to be the best one to put on before brain shrimp. Yeah. Or baby yeah. brain shrimp even. Yeah, I would do vinegar and then uh, Well, I was reading up on the microworms um to have in there. Yeah. I was reading up on the other research. And a lot of beta breeders like they're in perfect size for them, they're just a bit a bit bigger than the vinegar eels. Yeah, smaller, smaller than baby brown shrimp. People were saying that. Um, have you ever watched Keeping Fish Simple? Uh, I don't think so. He's over in Australia, and he said it never happened to him. But a lot of breeder, or a lot of breeders around there, are always saying not to use them because it can lead to deformities in the fish because it doesn't have the proper nutrition. Yeah, I've heard that it can like prevent like their vent ventral fins. Yeah, their, their ventral fins, yeah. Yeah, that can basically stunt their growth. Yeah, I've heard of that. All right. Um, I don't know why that is. Well, that that seems a bit strange. Yeah, I mean you could probably mix it in with the baby brine, uh, like as uh, an odd snack. But yeah, I, I would stick to baby brine. Super nutritious, uh, and is good for basically everything. Uh, yeah. So I would do vinegar eels and then baby brine, and then you're away. You know. And the sooner you do water changes, uh, the better in terms of growth. So do small amounts at the start because you don't want to shock the shock the the babies. Uh, and do it slowly. And yeah, I think that's pretty much it on better breeding. But the it's reason seen... for keeping the water level so low that's that's to stop the male from working up and down so much, isn't it? Uh, yes, it's to stop him from going up and down. When they're dropping the eggs from the bubble now. Yeah, and you want a you want a, a clear bottom tank with uh, some leaf litter on the bottom, just so it doesn't there. lose them. So it doesn't lose them, and uh, and uh, if it's in, if you've got like gravel or whatever, the eggs can get stuck in the gravel and they can't get them back out. So you want a a, a bottom, a clear bottom, and then just stick some leaves over it so that they see them and um, yeah that's it. I think that's it what's the furthest you've got yourself with uh, the better breed in your opinion weren't you lucky with it yeah like I got them in the tank and all that crack uh, but they would just end up fighting and it just wouldn't work Just they just kept fighting they wouldn't spawn the male would just start chasing her and beating the crap out of her and, just, and then his tail would get half chewed up by the female and I was just like oh we can't be doing this so yeah it just ruins the quality of them yeah, it just ruins them, and then you're left with nothing. So uh, you're just left with two beaten up bedders. It can be depressing, I can assure you. <laughs> uh, but if you're ever having trouble with bedders, just go to Guppies, and you won't have any problems. <laughs> That's fine, no problem for you. Yeah, they just do it all by themselves. Very nice. Actually, um, you know lamp by killifish? I do, but I don't. I bought a lot of them one time. I think I had like probably eight of them. And they all spawned for me by accident. They're just literally the same as the Berdinios. So they, they lay their eggs and then their eggs get um, just dropped into the substrate or whatever and then they hatch themselves. Huh. But they're hardy enough to be box like. Yeah, it's handy. 
handy when they do it all by themselves. Yeah, no, I don't even know what they're doing it like. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Okay, so maybe we'll just talk about shrimp briefly. Uh, never had any luck with shrimp whatsoever. The best way to have shrimp reproduce, if we're talking about neocardina, it's just to have only shrimp in the tank and to feed them, and to feed them regularly, and you'll get babies, no problem. Once you start adding fish, they're just going to pick off the babies because uh, they're so small. Uh, have so the cardina shrimp. Uh, I've kept them, but I haven't bred them. Uh, and they require like special pH levels, so yeah, so they won't breed. They won't breed in like hard water. So my normal tap water is seven point eight. So if I wanted to breed them, I'd have to keep my pH down to six. That's a lot of work. Yeah, you'd have to like I I have a drinking tap downstairs that you know filters the water or whatever, and can get it down. It, it automatically is at pH six. Uh, oh, okay. But it's only it's only got a three liter drum, so like it'll have to be a small tank for me to be changing water and that kind of thing. So, and the neocardinas are so, a reputation for being so easy to breed. Yeah, and I have never had any luck with them ever. Uh, well, you've just got to get like maybe ten to start off with. And yeah, because I've only I've only ever got them in small quantities. Yeah, like I would do 10 and then have no fish in the tank. Uh, and then, you know, six weeks down the line, you're going to start seeing little babies floating around. So they're straightforward, um, but it requires you to have a dedicated tank just for shrimp. I was in pets at home. Where, that's where I bought them. Yeah. And the buckets working there was telling me that their their stumps are literally full of baby shrimp that just get caught up and stuck down there. Yeah, I believe it, yeah. Yeah, because I've I've I I don't know I I don't know if you've ever you see the fluval the fluval twenty liter you know the long one yeah well it's got little cracks and crevices that lead into the of the filter and I put shrimp in there once like into that tank and they all ended up going into the filter it was an absolute disaster so <laughs> I can believe him when he says that they're they're, they're tons of them in the trunk. But they can't, they can't sell them or nothing. They're just yeah. small to sell. They just can't find anything with them, really. Yeah. 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 But to me, a, a shrimp is, is kind of a new thing. It's, it's a lot newer than fish. What do you mean? Like, shrimp aren't as popular as fish and they haven't been around as long. Yeah. They're more, they're, I, I find them more interesting to, to watch. Yeah, they're always picking away. Do you ever watch um, Flip Aquatics? Yeah. Did you ever see a, what is it, 500 gallons, 400 gallons tank? Just purely for shrimp. I don't know if I've seen hit that specific tank, but I have seen like a breeding setup. I remember watching it. I'm looking it up here. Yeah, 480 gallons, and it's a big skate tank, and it must be over a thousand shrimp in it. Yeah, that's, that's a lot. That's a lot. 480 gallons. Yeah, that's, what, what, what is that in liters? I look it up here. That's a huge tank. You, you don't even see the the shrimp in it, like. Yeah, no, I doubt it. I did it. That's 1,817 litres. Yeah, that's a ridiculous size. So it's 10 times bigger than my the tank I have in here. Yeah. Like if, I had a, if I had a tank that big, I'd be putting some monster fish in it or something, I wouldn't be. Yeah. Keeping shrimp. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be putting little shrimps in there, no. 
I'll just put names some monsters. Some of them shrimp are absolutely crazy prices. Though. Yeah, yeah. You can get the expensive shrimp. I couldn't Spe- justify paying it. Especially at the shows, like the aquatic experience in the US. Like some of those, the, the some of those shrimps go for like five hundred. Huh? I was in the, the Aquarium Guys podcast earlier. Their new one that came out. Yeah. And they're talking about Joe's Shrimp Shack. And yeah. uh, Jimmy was saying that he had a shrimp for $5,000. Yeah. <laughs> How could you pay $5,000 for a shrimp? I don't know. For the size to... of them? Yeah, you have to be pretty crazy. Like It's uh, like it's like if you're, if you're a shrimp nut, though, like, if they've got the right, like, like, so for most people, right, like a red crystal shrimp is just, you know, a stripy shrimp, you know, white, red, white, red. Candy cane shrimp pie. But, uh, like, the less red that's in them, it seems that they're the more pure red crystals. Yeah. And so, for the average person, they would prefer the white, red, white, red, because it's consistent. Whereas, you know, a more pure strain of red crystal may only have, like, a red dot or something. And they'd be like, that's not a red crystal. You know what I mean? So, it's interesting to see how, like, the general public sees it shrimp and then the hobbyist or the enthusiast see the shrimp totally different I've watched a lot of videos on um, grading shrimp and how you call them and everything yeah and it's, it's, it's just crazy like the, like the slightest difference in colour change is it can be a complete different grade or strain or anything yeah 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 yeah. and like if you don't if you don't call you're, you're just going to end up with crap shrimp just burn shrimp yeah yeah, that's quite funny. I never even got that far. Mine never even, never even paddled for me. So yeah, I haven't really done a shrimp only tank. Maybe I should do one for my like next aquascape or something. Huh? That's what I was planning on doing for the tank that I have in here now with the bed in. It was, it was supposed to be a shrimp tank, but then you decided. Then I wanted it. Yeah, I, I only had three shrimp, and the, it's literally the first I added them, and he killed the shrimp. Out. I was just like, oh, come on. But he hasn't, he hasn't touched them since. There's still two in there. There's still two. Yeah. Well, I'm, just, I'm just watching them here. Uh, yeah. The snails you sent me. The what? The snails, the ramshorn ones. Yeah. There's about a million baby shells in here now. Yeah. And I just sat and watched them. Pick one of them off the glass or off the heater and just eat it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have the same problem in my bed of sorority bunk with no beds in it. It's, uh, <laughs> it. It has a million eggs floating around the place. Yeah, I don't mind them to be honest. No, and when they grow up, you'll be able to use them in other tanks. Yeah, if he doesn't eat them all before that. Yeah, provided he doesn't eat them all. Pretty that can't be healthy eating the shells of them, boy. Oh, I wouldn't have a clue. <laughs> Uh, okay, so we've covered uh, guppies, bettas, shrimp, tories. Any others? I'd love this. Um, I'd love to go into like some sort of cichlid breeding, not in the podcast, but I mean in general. Yeah. That's yeah. A, that's a crazy. T- unless you have some, I'm, he's, he's eating another snail now as we speak. Huh. That, makes, that makes no sense to me. But um. Even the convicts or something like that, something they just throw them in the tank and then they just breed straight away. Yeah, I'd like to breed the like the dwarf apistos. I think that'd be quite cool. Oh, they're nice. So they are, yeah. 
Because yeah. they like breeding in like a little cave and stuff, you know? Or even the bristlemouse tobaccos. It's yeah. interesting how that works. Yeah, and when like, the, the male the male forces them into the cave or forces the female into the cave until she yeah. lays the eggs. Yeah. And then he, he lets her out, he fertilizes the eggs. And then just doesn't let the the, the fry leave. I heard the last day though there's a certain type of, of placo cave that didn't it didn't let the oxygen pass through. So if you had placos in it, they'd all just suffocate. Yeah. Pretty yeah. yeah. I think I might breed the chili rasboras and just see what that's like. Because you have to have a low pH for that. Uh, and I might do like a shallow tank. Uh, how would that how would that work? How do they breed? I actually haven't researched it enough yet, but I know that they need soft water to breed. So I, I will I will let you know in the next podcast, Alan, when I figure that out. It's pretty interesting. What a bit like Teresa. By what? What it would be like to raise them? Yeah. It's gonna be like, small enough as it is. They're gonna be needing like tiny, tiny food. Yeah. Mm. Be an interesting learning experience. You are? It'd be an interesting learning experience. It will. It will. I'll be curious. Uh, I don't know if it'll be my next aquascape, but definitely one for the future. I have to get like a custom tank though. Where... Or to have, to have it shallow. Yeah, to have a shallow. Yeah. Nice thirty liter. Can I use one of them uh, turtle tanks? Uh, I'd have to look it up. Turtle tank. Yeah, they maybe maybe one shallow so they would. Hmm. Well, I'll have a look. I'll have a look. Have a look at the turtle tank. See what. See what's what. Ooh, dear. <sighs> podcast, I'm an podcast. I'm an You are. This podcast track is tiring. I know, but I, I'm an early bird, so once we hit like six o'clock, I'm like, right, it's bedtime, you know? <laughs> well, most people love to stay up till like two in the morning, and I'm just not like that. What time do you wake up at then? Like five or six. Jesus Christ. And I enjoy getting up at that time. Why? Just so much, you can get so much done. True, I suppose. Like if you're waking up at one o'clock in the day, there's literally no day left at that stage you wake up and it's dark yeah so i prefer to be bright and early get things done i, I hate staying in bed all day or sleeping in but i also hate getting up early so you're in a catch 22 huh you're in a catch 22 yeah like nine o'clock's a normal time for me or 10 yeah but then when i'm, when I'm going to work or I'm, when i'm going to college i have to be Half eight or so, so or eight. Yeah. I don't right, know how the podcast got from breeding fish to what time we get up at. You what? I don't know how the podcast got from breeding fish to what time we get up at. I know, yeah. <laughs> right, I think that wraps up the podcast. So we'll see everyone next week. Cheerio. See you later. All right. All right, that's the end. We're done. There you go. Another one in the bag. Another one in the bag. So I'd say the next one we can do like our backstory bullshit. That's uh, <laughs> talk about ourselves for an hour. Yeah, just narcissistic bastards. Yeah.